Are you a small business owner who struggles to keep track of invoices, contracts, payments, and just the chronic back and forth communication with clients? HoneyBook is here to help. HoneyBook is an all-in-one business management platform that streamlines your workflow, centralizes communication with your clients, and automates your busy work. You can create custom proposals, contracts, invoices in minutes, and you even get paid faster with HoneyBook's automated payment reminders. This has been the CRM of Brandwell for the last three plus years, and something that I love about HoneyBook is they have a mobile app that lets you manage your business on the go. As a busy mom who's always running around with my toddlers, who has a large team of people and a lot of clients to keep track of, I love that I can access anything that I need to about my business from my iPhone in a matter of seconds. Try HoneyBook for 50% off when you go to share.honeybook.com brandwell or just use the link in our show notes to get 50% off your first year of HoneyBook. Welcome back to another episode of the Brandwell Podcast. It's your host, Victoria, and this is going to be a short one, but a very important one if you are currently in the season of DIYing your website. We work with a lot of clients who previously had DIYed their website, and they just never could quite get it to the point where they were confident in it, and um, it was never really bringing in leads to their business. And I wanted to share with you the five most common mistakes that we saw people making when they were DIYing their website and hopefully help you avoid making them on your own website. Before we dive in, I have to share what is happening at Brandwell this week. For months, my team and I have been working behind the scenes to create an affordable option for business owners on a budget and the wait is finally over. We just launched our brand new Squarespace template shop with six customizable website templates and a self-paced digital course called DIY Done Right. If you struggle to show up online confident due to a bad DIY, but you don't have the budget to hire a designer, the template shop is going to allow you to start showing up, start standing out, and finally see the growth that you've been looking for. Maybe you already have a Squarespace site, but you don't feel like you're getting the most out of it. The DIY Done Right course will not only teach you how to design a site that matches your brand's personality, but also how to set it up and a way that will turn your website visitors into paying customers. Head to brandwalldesigns.com slash the template shop to start shopping and use the code podcast to save $50 off your template or the course. Now back to the episode. Okay, so let's jump in and talk about these five things that are so commonly done on DIY websites, um, and they're costing you business for sure. Number one, and this is this is ranked in the order of importance, um, number one is not telling people right away what it is that you do. I've talked about this in previous episodes, and it's something that we teach all of our custom design clients as well, but it's really easy to think only about the design of your site and not at all about the strategy of your site, but you can have a beautifully designed website, but if there was no strategy behind it and the messaging is not there, you're never going to get people to take action when they visit it. So let's give the example of a photographer who has really gorgeous photos. Oftentimes we see on photography websites, when you land on it, all you see is this beautiful, large slideshow of pictures. Okay. On that slideshow, there is no text. There's no call to action in the header. Um, It's not obvious what they do, who they serve, where they're located. And these are things that impact buying decisions for people. If I land on a site and I see these gorgeous photos, but I don't even know if you're within a 30 minute radius of me, I'm probably going to leave and go find somebody else where it's explicitly clear that they are what I'm looking for. So I always recommend to have a captivating headline right when somebody lands on your site. You have about three seconds to capture their attention, let them know they're in the right place, and then persuade them to stick around 
around and go look at some of the other content. And a lot of this starts with that first headline that they read. Um, please feel free. You can always go to my website and kind of use it as a guide and an example of how I take people on this strategic journey. But right away, when you land on brandwelldesigns.com, you're going to see branding and website design to level up your business. And there's a subhead above that that says show up confident. Um, and that is, that's telling people what we do. Then of course I get a little bit further into who we serve and how we serve them well. And that's part of the whole taking us them on a strategic journey through my website. But for the purpose of this podcast and this mistake, it's just that a lot of times people don't utilize that main banner section to tell people what they do. They either have no text at all, or they say, welcome to XYZ company. Um, you know, hi, I'm Victoria. And that's just not the best use of space guys. That is precious real estate that you are paying for in the form of your monthly hosting fee. And you need to make sure that you're capturing people's attention and making them want to read more. The second most common mistake that I see with DIY websites is an inconsistent use of fonts throughout your website. Um, and while we're on the topic of fonts, I'm going to kind of bundle two mistakes into this one. Um, and that is inconsistent use of fonts, meaning you have a lot of different fonts on your site or you're just choosing the wrong fonts. All right. I see a lot of people who love that handwritten script type font. Um, and that can be really beautiful, but if it's not very legible, like not very easy to read, do not use it. Um, or only use it where you have a really large headline, but don't try and put your little nine point call to action button font in a script that nobody can read because if they can't read it, if there's any confusion at all, you're going to lose that person and we don't want to lose them. So when it comes to fonts, if you are building in Squarespace, which is my preferred platform for DIYing a website, um, you can see the number of fonts used on a website. I would say never stray beyond three fonts. So a headline font should be consistent for all of your headers. Um, a paragraph font should be consistent for all of your paragraph and body copy. And then if you want to have a third font that ties in for your buttons, um, or maybe that matches the font that's in your logo as some sort of accent text, that's okay. If you're DIYing and you really don't understand font pairing, keep it to two. Just keep it simple. Make it easy on yourself. Um, you don't want to use fonts that don't go together uh, because people recognize poor design, you guys. And poor design, if your website screams DIY, that that determines your price point, really. It determines how much people think it's worth to work with you as opposed to when you land on a site, it looks super professional. Then it gives this level of credibility to your business that people are willing to pay a premium for it because good design, it really does equal trust. And you know that people don't buy from companies and other people that they don't trust. So that is number two. Number three is using inconsistent photo filters. All right. So I understand if you are DIYing your website, uh, you probably aren't hiring a photographer to come in and shoot beautiful brand images uh, where you can have this one consistent look and feel throughout your entire website. That would be the goal, right? But it's not always reality. It's not always within the budget. So if you are going to be using stock photography or photos that you shoot with your iPhone, uh, one, make sure they're not blurry, guys. iPhones have come a long way, so I'm not even telling you that you have to go get um, a nice DSLR. Like You can shoot website photos with your iPhone, uh, but make sure if you are going to be shooting um, a photo, let's say that's going to be a banner on Squarespace, you need to be turning your iPhone horizontally and taking that in uh, landscape mode, not not portrait. Portrait would be up and down 
down landscape would be sideways um, because you need to make sure that there's enough width for that banner. Um, just a quick little tidbit, Squarespace banners are about 2,500 pixels wide. So if you're putting in an image that is not that wide at least, Squarespace is going to zoom it in and oftentimes it's actually going to look pixelated and blurry and you don't want that. So all of that to say, photo filters matter. Um, I use Lightroom presets. Specifically, I use a Lightroom preset by Susie Collins. They're available on her website, suzycollinsphotography.com. They're really beautiful and really easy to use. She kind of gives you the education on how to use those. But I use that to make sure that all of my images for social media are consistent. For my website, I do have a brand photographer. We do a shoot once or twice a year, um, and that allows me to have a very consistent aesthetic there. But if you're doing a DIY, and you're using those iPhone photos, just be sure to use the same preset so that all of your photos look very similar. And then if you have to supplement with stock photography and you want to have some custom, some stock, just really try and find photos where the, the filter of that photo, the editing of that photo is very, very similar so that it's not disruptive. I don't want to see dark and moody images on your homepage and then go to the about page and there's all these light and airy images. That screams DIY. And again, it takes away from your credibility, your professional professionalism and that all affects your price point. So make sure that your photos and your photo filters are consistent. Number four, uh, making it all about you when it should be all about your customer. Again, another really common mistake that we see is people feel that they need to shout their own accolades. They need to shout all of their accomplishments. Um, but at the end of the day, the person coming to your website, they really just want to know how you can help them. What are you offering? How is it going to meet their need? How much does it charge? Uh, those are the things that they're looking to get out of it. Now, can you slip in your accolades and places that you've been published or your experience within the narrative of how your business offerings can help them solve a problem in their life? Absolutely. And I encourage that. Um, again, please feel free to go to my website, see how we do this. But it is just so important that we're not only tooting our own horns, that when somebody reads all the content of our website, it's not about me, 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 me. It's really about them. It's about your customer. Make sure that you are relating to those little dramas in their life that you understand. Um, so let's, I'm going to, I'm going to share for instance, um, how I kind of do this. At, at my own business. So we offer branding and website design and we're really good at it, guys. I've got a team of designers. They're amazing at what they do. The websites that we put out are just exceptional. Um, and I could, I could tout that all over my website if I want to. I could just say like, we're the number one web designers and you know, our websites are gorgeous and stunning and yada, yada, yada. And they rank number one and all this stuff. But if I'm not speaking directly to the person that's visiting my website by saying like, Hey, I know where you're at. Hey, I know you had a bad experience with a past designer. I know you've tried the DIY route and it's just left you feeling frustrated and you feel like you spend hours on your computer only to scrap the design and start all over. And you're just sick of giving up all of that precious time where you could be working on something else that makes you money in your business. Like I know all of these little micro dramas as they're called in the marketing world that my target audience is feeling. And I want to speak to those with the messaging on my website. So 
I first connect with them on a level saying, hey, I see you, I understand you, I know why this is so hard. And then I share, there is a better way and that's a great way to segue into your offerings and why they're awesome and why it's the right solution for the person visiting you on your website. All right, number five, last one, not having explicitly clear calls to action. So this is very, very important. Um, I'm a big believer in having buttons as your call to actions. I know sometimes that messes up the look we were going for with our cute little hyperlinked script text, but it is proven that buttons do get more clicks simply because they're easier to click on, right? You have to understand that a lot of your traffic, probably the majority of your traffic is going to be visiting your website from a smartphone. And what they see is a lot smaller than what you see as you're designing on your laptop or on your desktop. So you wanna make sure that what you design on desktop is going to translate well to mobile. And oftentimes when it comes to call to action, that's going to mean using buttons. They just translate really well on mobile. They're easy to click on. Um, But then also in the same way of um, how you should design your call to actions, it's also important that you're really clear. Um, We see a lot of people trying to be cutesy and clever um, where their call to action is like, get to know me or let's be pals, let's be friends. People don't know what that means. You know, like uh, maybe, okay, am I gonna join a community? Am I gonna get on a phone call with you? Just tell them. Um, say contact me, say book a consult, say book a free call, um, say, you know, view products, shop now. Those are the the calls to actions on websites that actually get clicked um, and that actually end up converting. So it's more important to be clear than it is to be cute and just keep that in mind when you are designing calls to actions on your website. So these are the five mistakes to avoid if you are DIYing. Number one, not telling people what you do right away. Number two, Two, using inconsistent fonts or the wrong fonts throughout your website. Number three, using inconsistent photo filters. Number four, making it all about you when it should be all about your customer. And number five, not having explicitly clear calls to actions peppered throughout your website. So there are a lot of other mistakes that we see with DIYs, but I'm going to keep it there for you just so that you can take this information. You can go back to the DIY that you're working on. You can implement these steps and better set yourself up for success so that your website visitors will be turned into paying customers. If you are not enjoying your DIY process, I do have a solution for you. We just launched a brand new template shop with six stunning and very affordable Squarespace templates. Every template that we designed was designed for a female entrepreneur in mind, whether you're a blogger, an influencer, a photographer, or a service-based business, we have created a template for you. And in addition to the templates that we've created, we also created a Squarespace course where they Basically, it's like this podcast on steroids. I go through 10 video modules where I share all of my best design secrets within Squarespace and also the strategies for how to make the most out of your website. So you can shop today at brandwalldesigns.com slash the template shop and use code podcast to get $50 off your order. Thanks for tuning in, guys. See you next week. Thanks for tuning in to the Brandwell podcast. If you're a side hustler or creative entrepreneur looking to take your business to the next level, subscribe to the podcast so we can continue to cheer you on week after week by providing practical advice on how to grow your business. For show notes or to learn more about what we covered in today's episode, head to brandwelldesigns.com. Until next time, keep branding well.